Welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women and Soul Care Series. I am your host, Arlana Scola. My guest today is Laura Basaki, and she is a renegade woman. Laura is 79 years old and a renegade with gratitude and a believer in lifelong learning. She is a female that likes being called Laura and she, her, hers. Laura was fortunate to have been born in a loving family with three siblings and a German immigrant father and firstborn American citizen with immigrant Hungarian parents. She spent most of her first 22 years growing up in a middle-class neighborhood on the Detroit's east side. Her first 12 years of school, she attended local parochial schools. She managed to graduate from high school with a high D or low C, depending on how you look at it. Her father was a gifted entrepreneur, and when she was about 13, she was fortunate to be able to work there with her two older brothers, helping cleaning and earning some money. When her younger sister turned 13, she joined as well. Little did Laura know, but her father was saving a way to give her additional money when she graduated from high school. So when she did graduate from high school, she received a check for $500, and that was her graduation gift. It was just enough for her to enter beauty school. After completing beauty school and getting her license, she got her first job. She enjoyed working. She traveled to Europe with her parents and met her father's family, did a Mediterranean cruise with a friend, and met her wonderful husband, Tom. He was studying to be an aeronautical engineer, and upon graduating, they moved to New Orleans for his first job. He worked for the Boeing Company, and they spent two years in New Orleans and then moved to Seattle, where they stayed until they retired, which was 48 years in Seattle. Then they moved to Southern California, where there was lots of sun, and um, have had a great life here in retirement. After New Orleans, they did the usual. They settled down, bought a house, got started raising their two children, and were pleased with a boy and a girl who were only 20 months apart. She wanted to get back to work, and education was the only answer. It was a great time with lots of social movements and considerations like civil rights and women's rights. The women's movement struck home with her. There was a push for women to return to school and get an education, allowing them to move into occupations traditionally for men. She was delighted to find out that on this path to higher education, there was a community college opening close to their home. She went in, talked to the women's department at the local community college and registered for art history. Thus started her love affair with learning. In 1974, when she registered for classes at a local community college and then graduated from the University of Washington in 1980 with a double major in political science and editorial journalism. Education produced the following work history for Laura, employment counselor, commercial real estate agent, tax auditor in the state of Washington, and it encouraged her to become active in volunteer activities. They include president of a nonprofit building building group homes, chairman of a local city tourism community, 
committee member of a county committee on handicap services, Planned Parenthood, the Alzheimer's Association, hospice, and various women's political campaigns supporting the women's movement and civil rights. A year ago, she embarked on Spanish at the local community college and was introduced to an amazing website bringing online classes to seniors. Her original focus was Spanish sessions, but she soon found out it was a smorgasbord of education and that touched her love affair with learning. It offered up to hundreds of classes daily in areas of language, yoga, spirituality, technology, cooking, downsizing, puzzling, just to name a few. The other great new thing that she learned was that it was user-friendly and many of the classes were free. She encouraged and continues to encourage everyone that feels like they're getting left behind with technology to take classes with this group and learn how to maximize their use of their computers, cell phones, and home technology. Laura states, I am a renegade with gratitude and a believer in lifelong learning. Laura, welcome to Renegade Women and Soul Care. Thank you very much, Arlana. It is my pleasure to have you here. I'm going to give a definition of what a renegade woman is and uh, just recite a few things and then we're going to get rolling. Sounds good. A renegade woman is a woman who behaves in an unconventional manner. A woman who rises to the occasion of her calling, her vocation, her passion, rises to overcoming, to serving, to bettering the world, and any number of verbs that call to her soul. Many people ask, what is soul care? Soul care is an ancient practice and a modern day necessity. The care of the soul was and is central to our spiritual history. C.S. Lewis said, you do not have a soul, you are a soul. Caring for the soul matters. Soul neglect, neglect happens. Soul deprivation is real, real, and caring for the soul is of vital importance to leading a well-balanced and abundant life. We should remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. So, Laura, let's talk about how we met. Why don't you start with that? Well, Arlana and I met because she met uh, a very dear friend of ours and married a that very dear friend of ours. And gee, Arlana, I'm trying to think. It's probably been about two years ago, I think. Yeah, it's been a little bit longer than that, but Three. that's okay. <laughs> My it's time, been, <laughs> it, time does fly when you're having fun, but it's yeah. been a great time. And um, one of the many things that I love about my friendship with Laura is that she is a quintessential renegade woman. And um, that's why I invited her here to be one of my special guests. Um, I think that Laura is a renegade woman because as in her bio, um, she stands up for the things that she believes in and she's not shy about sharing her opinion about what she believes in, but she's very graceful in hearing opinions as well and I think that is an important part of being a renegade woman well I'm flattered <laughs> thank you very much Arlana <laughs> I like you, that are, <laughs> you are welcome what else would you like the listeners to know about you in addition to your bio um, you know what? I think that bio said everything I can imagine to say um, the most exciting part 
I think is for me, at least recently, um, is the learning process, the classes and things that I can take and uh, what I can learn from a computer program and get set up. Excellent. Yeah, I With think that that is getting in my car. That's really what I like is this. Um, yeah. Yeah, the inter it's definitely definitely opened up a lot of new and amazing doors to people um, for learning opportunities that we didn't have prior to um, the changes we've recently been through. So I, I agree. We've learned lots of new things with new options. And I know I have a lot of friends that don't like it and that they miss the, in the impersonal, the personal part of it. And um, I get that. But I think Again, what we have going today is um, is much better than what we had years ago when we went into a classroom. Yes, yes, definite lots of definitely lots of new opportunities opening up, and I think that we, you know, we still have the option to get together and and to see one another, you know, as things have tapered off. So I think that I know that you certainly do um, balance that. Um, um, online, taking classes, learning new things with getting together with um, friends and family, which is a really nice blending of those two things, in my opinion. Thank you. Yes, I do. Yeah. So why do you consider yourself a renegade woman? Well, I never considered myself a renegade woman until you brought it up. And yes, I did read the definition and did some studying on the word. Um, it has some negative connotations in the old days, um, but now it's a positive thing. Um, it, do I think I'm renegade by that definition? Yes. Uh, with um, the part of uh, gracefully accepting what other people say, yes, I can accept it gracefully, but sometimes my response can be irritating to them because they don't agree with me. So, but that I'm is, working. Well, you do, but you do it gracefully. And so, and I think that's important. I know I, I've spoken with other women that um, feel the same way. It's like, we want to state our, our opinion, but we're graceful about alternate opinions. And, you know, that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Correct. I agree. So what, what do you consider to be your most significant accomplishment? Wow. Um, you know what? I'm going to go back to the very old fashioned one is that I have raised with my husband, two wonderful people, a son and a daughter. Yes. And I think that's an accomplishment. Um, all the other things that you do and you do for people, they're temporary. They're, they're passing things, but um, to have, two children that are good human beings and go on and help other people, I think is an accomplishment. It most certainly is. And I personally don't think that that's an old fashioned response. I think that's a response that is um, true to who you and Tom are, but something that everybody should hope to aspire to accomplish, whether they have one child or five children. And so um, I know both of your children and I can attest to that fact. Thank you. You're welcome. What is your favorite word and why? 
Thank you. Can you hear me? And it, yes. My oh, favorite okay. word, my favorite word is thank you. Oh, thank you. Gosh, that was over my head. <laughs> that is and beautiful. That, and you, you want to know why, girlfriend? Because yes, when, why? when you say it, it makes people, not always, but 90% of the time, smile. Yes, yes, that is absolutely true. And it is, it's a, it's a beautiful statement. It is a beautiful statement. I love, I love those two words together as well. What is your least favorite word and why? No. Excellent. And Thank you. That, you want to know why? Yes. Because, because when somebody tells you no, that means they disagree with you. And, um, you're going to have to make decisions whether you're going to accept the no and discard what you wanted to do or whether you're going to forget about the no and do what you want to do. Yes. All right. So it's Thank a challenge. You. It's a word that challenge. It is definitely a word that challenges. I know I'm seeing that word being a challenge for my two and a half year old grandson where mm -hmm. he's learning how to navigate that space and we continue to navigate that space you know, until we take our last breath. So very interesting. And what I love that Arlana with the, the young one, because I know your grandson is two years old. And uh, way back when we used to call it the terrible twos because they're so active, they're into everything. They're just yes. you know, eyes off them for a minute. And I said, but the thing I liked about them is when you said, no, John, don't do that. He'd go, no, he's going to yep. do it. <laughs> and I said, and it's cute as a pot. And he goes, well, isn't that cute? I told him not to do that. And he said, no. And he went ahead and did it. But I said, when they're four or five years old and you say to do something and they say, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, it's not nearly as cute as a two-year-old. Not quite as cute. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely true. Definitely true. What makes you weep, Laura? Hmm. You know, now that's funny because now you're going to make me cry just saying it. Um as you age, different things make you weep. Mm. And now I feel um, if I see something sad on TV, uh, you know, people getting hurt or hurting, it can make me cry. Um, my husband, I, my daughter, my sister-in-law was um, suffering from Alzheimer's and was in the final stages of Alzheimer's. And um, when she passed, and we knew that she was going to pass. She was not eating. Um, and yet, and I, I couldn't sleep that night. And I called my brother early in the morning. And he said, I have something sad to tell you. And when he said that, I started to cry because I said, I know what happened. And he yeah. said, yes, talk to him at 7 o'clock in the morning, my time, our time. Uh, and he's in Florida. But he said that she had passed at uh, 12, 23 that morning. So I'm calling him like seven hours later. Yeah. And that made me cry. And you know what? Ten years ago, it wouldn't have because I knew that it was eminent. So strange things make me cry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the the deep things make us cry, I think, sometimes that are sometimes unexpected. Um, so um, I know that's a that's a that's a hard question sometimes um, what makes yes. you leap. What's the hardest thing you've ever done? 
Wow. You know, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I can't tell you what the hardest thing is. Okay. It's always filled of challenges. And I can't say at my stage of life to look back and say, God, what was the hardest thing you did? Uh Uh-huh. Can't answer that one. Okay. That's fine. That's an answer. (laughs) (laughs) What brought you to this point in your life? And what do you mean by that? I think as we go along life and as we get further along, we can look back and say um, that happened. And because of that, I'm here or that didn't happen. And because of that, I'm here. That that mm-hmm. sort of um, vision of life. Mm, OK, um, well, at my age, uh, there's been all kinds of experiences and they all lead to where you are today. Uh-huh. So it's say, uh, you know, I could say, well, gee, if I hadn't married my husband, um, maybe I would not have left Detroit and stayed in Detroit. And, you know, my life would have been different. Um, almost every day is something that something in that day could change your life. Yes. That is so true. Um, I, I, you know, I think back on it and I think, I think most people make decisions based on what makes their life easier. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was 22 years old when we got married and my poor dear mother, I said, I lived at home. My poor dear mother said, Oh my God, you're never going to get married. Everybody else's kids are married. And they say, what's your, (laughs) Oh, she's taking a cruise to New York and the Caribbean and she's working, but that's good. But um, anyway, when I met Tom, uh, we knew that we wouldn't be living in Detroit, that we would be leaving. And uh, that was okay. And that was good. So, um, and we, when we went to Washington, and he did a lot of traveling with Boeing. So he was gone 50% of the time. And um, so I was left raising the kids, but it was still a good adventure. I got to travel the world with him. And uh, so... um, you know, again, uh, I'm happy with I'm happy with where I am in life. Wonderful, that's great. And I know um, from friendship, Tom, um, you guys have had some great and extraordinary adventures all over the world, and and that's a beautiful thing. That is great. We've enjoyed that. And you yeah. know what? It and it leaves you with the sense of. Um, no matter where you're going, if you're going to India, Africa, Europe, or whatever, um, people are still people. People are the same. You go out into the country and you see people working hard and think, oh, gee whiz, that's, that's really tough while you're in the city. No, it, is, it isn't. And those people are happy. People are happy all over the world yeah. for different reasons and different cultures. That is absolutely true. That's why it's important to get out of our box and um, see other things. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So important. If you could go back to your younger self and hand out some free advice, what would you say? Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, To my younger self. Uh, You know, I was, I was going to say work harder in, in uh, grade school and high school. As I said, I was a very poor student. Um, 
but uh, I, you know, I I had a good life. It's hard for yeah. me to say because if I say do this, it seems like I'm missing something. Um, okay. I, yeah, I think I'm happy with the decisions I made, and and I can't say that there was a whole lot I would change. Okay, that is great. That's the sign of a good and satisfying life. That's awesome. Um, what, what women have inspired you? Oh, okay. Do you know who Bella Abzug is? Yes. She did because I was in college and political science major and she spoke to us Mm -hmm. and it was a small group. It was just our class in the auditorium which was pretty impressive for her. And we were in the front, I was in the front row and I could see her up at the podium. And what amazed me is she talked for an hour um, with just flipping pages in her notebook. So she would touch on different things. And um, she said, she was talking about, you know, women, women's movement and uh, getting in politics. And uh, she said, she said that women will know they've arrived when they don't have to have a college degree to sweep the floors. Wow. And I had other people, young women now, and they go, go, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that means a lot. Yeah. I said, well, what can I tell you? It's a lot. It's a lot because we're trying. It was in the 80s, uh, 79, 80s, and that's when women were trying to make advancements into fields where men were were in. So um, she did, and that's, and that's a long, long time ago. But I'll tell you what, I looked at her, and I thought to myself, what will also be good is uh, we'll know we've arrived when we have women in politics that sound like the men. And yes, I'm thinking look back, uh, you know what, girlfriend, you've arrived, you've arrived. Because then you're at the stage when you say it doesn't really make any difference. Well, I won't exactly say what I say to myself. If you have a vagina or a whatever, you can still be a damn fool. Yep. So I feel I've arrived and I think society has arrived when they can say that. Yes, very, very true. What soul care practice do you do? Wow. I don't know that you would call it a soul practice. I think I am. I am mindful. Mindful that. Life will end. Mm-hmm. The best you can do while you're here is do the best you can do. Mm-hmm. Not to hurt anybody. Um, and uh, that's it. I, I don't have any routine for soul practice. But I do think of death. And when you say that, people think that's morbid. But I think that's realistic. And I wonder about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think it's morbid at all. And I think it's an thing to think about and ponder and um, reflect upon because eventually we're all there, whether it's a short time away or a long time away. 
Um, and you know, my feelings about death and dying and, you know, my, my employment history and all that, but I think it's an yes. important thing to consider. And I think that, you know, in a way that that's caring for your soul because you're thinking about the hereafter and what that's going to look like and how that's going to affect you and those kinds of things. And you know what else that I've, I think is as you age, you realize small things are more important than do you ever thought they were. Yeah. I mean, a, a look at somebody or, or just a word that you say uh, can be more hurtful and last lasting longer. Yes. Yes. So that is very true. And their feelings. Yep. I think that's so important. And I think that, um, that as we sort of look at this topic of renegade women in soul care and um, as you of our time together here, that uh, renegade used to have a negative connotation. And that's why I gave it a definition for our purposes, but it's not always considered a negative connotation in the here and now, you know, it was in the past uh, more so, but what the point I'm, attempting to make is that um, being a renegade woman doesn't mean that you're not kind. It doesn't mean that you're not thoughtful, not tender. Um, and I think that renegade women are all of those things. And so say the last few sentences that you said, it just reminds me that um, it's a whole person statement, renegade woman. It's not just, I'm gonna charge forward for my cause and do a particular thing. You know, raising your children is woman stuff, you know, with your husband being gone 50% of the time. So I just think that it's a whole person thing and you're reflecting that in our talk. And I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. What else do you want our listeners to know about you, Laura? Wow. 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 That's heavy. Um, you know, when I went, when I was working, we had a, I had a boss that, um, he was also a friend and, um, he used to say that we'd go into a meeting. He said, be alive, alert, and enthusiastic. And I still mm -hmm. say, say that to my husband in the morning. And that's what I want people to think is that I was alive, alert, and enthusiastic about life. So enjoy what you have when you have it, because you may not have it forever. Amen. That is absolutely beautiful. And that is a keeper, alive, well, alert, and enthusiastic. So thank you very much for that. Um, anything else that you'd like to talk about or share? No, I think you've covered it all, Arlana, beautifully. Okay. Well, thank you for being my guest. And um, may I name the, or would you like to name the um, format that you like so much where you're learning so much? Yes, please. Would you do that? Um, get set up. Get set up what? I-O dot I-O. Get, get set up dot I-O. Dot I-O, um, right has a vast, as I mentioned in Laura's bio, a vast number of opportunities to learn and grow and experience new things. Um, it's just absolutely fantastic. I've um, watched Laura um, dive in and also lead classes 
um, at Get Set Up, and she's a strong advocate for that. So I just want to encourage any of you that are listening that might want to take a class that um, could benefit you technologically or spiritually or cooking or anything. So getsetup.io is a passion piece for Laura. So I encourage you to check that out and want to remind Arlana, people. Uh, yeah. Insert this real quick. Yes, I had forgotten about that. The session that I do on Get Set Up, Get Set Up IO is how to live with less. And so actually that's a new passion in my life is to simplify my life of things that um, you've outgrown, have no meaning. And if they have meaning, you can find still somebody else to enjoy it. Yes. Yes. Great. Thank you. I'm glad you interjected that because I forgot the title of your class. So forgive me. <laughs> and I forgot um, to say it earlier. <laughs> but we've got it down now. Yes. Um, so that's great. And I want to remind um, people of my book, Sunsets and Soul Care, that can be found on Amazon or on my website. And also on my website, um, my soul care mastermind classes, spiritual direction, information on upcoming retreats. And my site is www.therubyredslippers.com. So I invite you there if you're interested in further information. Laura, thank you, my dear friend. I am so thankful to my husband for giving me a new beautiful friendship with you. Oh, thank you. And you have no idea how much joy you've brought into our lives. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I'll look forward to uh, Taco Tuesday soon. Sounds good. And I look forward to listening to this on your website. And you go, girlfriend, with your website. I'm oh, so pleased and happy for you and for everybody else listening. Thank you so much, Laura. All righty. Talk All to right. you then. Okay. Bye-bye.